Let me ask you a question. What does it take to unlock potential, to discover what's truly possible in business, to create a new normal? It takes one thing, a leader who raises the bar, who sets bigger goals and higher standards for your business, your team, and most importantly, yourself. I'm your host, Katherine Binkley. I've scaled businesses for over 17 years, and I've helped my clients make millions of dollars without sacrificing their freedom by building and leading high-performing teams. Together, we're going to explore what it takes to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business. This is The Elevate Effect. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I've got Jen and Annie. I'm going to let them introduce themselves here in a moment, but they are phenomenal. I love talking to these two ladies. I can talk for hours, and there's a lot that I can't wait for them to share with you about what they do and how that can apply to how you run your business. So first, let me let them introduce themselves. I don't know who wants to take this, Jen or Annie, but will you jump in? I will go first and introduce my business partner, Annie, who is my rock in this business and an amazing COO. And she lives in Des Moines, Iowa and has three kids and literally does it all. And I am so thankful for her. Well, that was a twist I didn't see coming, but much appreciated. I'm Annie. Hi, everyone. Catherine, thanks for having us. It's so nice to be here. I, I guess I will introduce Jen, who is our CEO and our visionary. She is the ideas woman. I have this analogy that Jen is on the, like she has summited a mountain and she has her walkie-talkie and she is walkie-talking down to me with the team saying like, hey, I made it up here. The weather's great. You're going to enjoy the view. I'm going to go on and go ahead to the next summit. I'll see you guys there. And then I'm down on the ground saying, okay, we're going to go. Jen said, this is the path. This is what we need to do. We're going to follow her guidance. Um, she is, I can see maybe 20 miles ahead. Jen can see like 2000 miles ahead. And without her ideas and her, her vision and perspective, we would not be the size that we are today. So super thankful. The part I would disagree with that is that you say the path is this way. Like I get up to the top of the mountain in one step. I have no idea how anyone else is getting up there. And Annie is with our team and she has a sword and she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how we'll get there, but I'm going to figure out how. Jen says it's possible. <laughs> we could do it. Jen took the helicopter. <laughs> she she took the quick route straight to the top, but that helicopter isn't big enough for the team. So you've got to figure out the hard path to get there. And the the just like the bane of my existence is sharing ideas with Annie and then her going, okay, but how? I'm like, I don't know. That's your job. <laughs> I don't think about those things. So good. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting you to introduce each other either, but I'm so glad that you did. And like, I just love the dynamic of having two people in a business working together and having those two strengths that just balance each other out. And, you know, anyway, as we go through today, like, feel free to share anything else that comes up for that. That wasn't what I thought about specifically with this episode, but I just always <laughs> love 
the two different personalities, two different approaches. And um, I know it's so needed. And that's something I remember even us talking about way back when, when we started working together was those unique skill sets. And really it wasn't about who does something better. We needed both skill sets. And so that's even just a reminder of, man, remember those conversations, like mapping out your skill sets and comparing, like it feels like so long ago. That's, I think a good starting point is talking about when you came on, Catherine, it was chaotic. It was total chaos behind the scenes. And like my mind was a mess. We had just had some big team things happen and I didn't know the way forward. And I remember my first meeting with you and just, just blah, just dumping like, hi, here's where we're at, blah. And you replied to me like almost like you were just able to verbalize exactly what we need. I was like, sigh of relief. And even the person who recommended you to us, I remember messaging her like four months in and being like, I just want to thank you. Like that felt Catherine was exactly what we needed. And it was the universe put us together like that. It was a miracle in my mind that we met you when we did. And like, we were losing the business at that point. I I don't want to say we were you know, about to file bankruptcy by any means, but we were on the decline big time. And it was just a very scary time when you came on. I don't think we were even paying ourselves then, Annie, were we? No, I was, I was going to say, I think we took, I'm not necessarily recommending this for other people, but we felt like we had no other choice but to invest any money that we did have into coaching with Catherine at the expense of our own salaries, which we were both lucky enough to be in a position where we could afford that for, for some time. But had we not done that, I don't think we would have come out on the other side. I don't think so either. We were, we were on a declining trajectory and we, we didn't have another six months left. I don't think the ship was sinking. (laughs) The ship was sinking and we were, we had buckets and we were trying to like, you know, get the water out, but there were holes in the ship that we were not aware of. The ship was sinking because of our back end, like systems and processes and disorganization and communication, not because we didn't have a great idea or a great product or a great service. Like all of that was fine. It was like, we were struggling behind the scenes, which then impacted our ability to execute on. Yeah. Like we're out here changing lives and we're sinking. Like, it's like, yeah, we just didn't have the systems in place for it to be sustainable. It's so interesting for me to hear you to recall where you were. Cause I remember where you were. I remember that first conversation. And as you're talking, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. And at the same time, but when I heard it, I just, from my perspective, it was just like, okay, this is normal. It's all easily fixable. You had an amazing vision a raving fan base results for your clients. Like you had everything you needed and just a few tweaks. And I knew that it could look different. So for me, it never felt like, even though it felt to you like the sinking ship, I looked at it and it was like, oh, there's a lot of potential here. Like this is not going to be difficult to turn things around. And so it's just, I say that to say like, for anyone listening, that's feeling maybe the same way, that doesn't mean it 
has to be hard or difficult to make a shift. Like we can really make some progress quickly. Which is a big, I think, point around different skill sets on a team and not hiring people who are just like you. And we just, systems were not something, <laughs> I it was just a whole dark shadowed area for me. Like, how could these possibly help? Like, what do, what does that even mean or look like? And it's interesting because we run a women's health coaching company and our members feel the exact same when they, like, I don't, it's so unclear the path forward. They hear us talking about food freedom, uh, moving towards their goals in a values-based way that isn't depleting. And they're like, sounds good, but I don't like how, and that's why they, they join, you know, our company. And so it almost feels like we were having the same experience with you. And it was, you know, it was also just your, like your persona, like your confidence and your calm that just, I don't know. It was just such a relief. It was like, she knows what she's doing (laughs) and we're going to turn things around. I know like in that moment, I was thinking like some things could really start to shift quickly. And I even want to talk about what I mean by that. Cause I know that we don't, you as a company and even the way that I do business, it's not all about everything shifting overnight. It's about starting to see the the changes in the way things feel and seeing that this is doable and seeing the path forward more clearly and confidently and knowing that you can not just get there, but then sustain it. And you don't have to worry about this feeling of a sinking ship ever again. And also it's this kind of thing you brought to the team where it's like, it's not just about taking actions. You all have to think, start thinking differently. And that was, you know, that was the foundation really. Like that was like, oh yes. Yeah. We can't keep trying to solve these problems in the same way we always have. Can you remember any specific examples of that? Either of you that you would be willing to share? Like what comes to mind specifically? I have a memory of having a meeting. I think Annie was on board with these, you know, systems and frameworks quicker than I was. I was having a hard time believing that um, those things could actually make a difference. And I have this memory of having a meeting with you too. Um, I don't know how long we had been working together, but it was the meeting that made me walk away and go, I need to stop this. I need to think differently. I need to trust. And you two were trying, you were telling me about how we needed, um, you know, a system here and we need a framework here And I was just staring at you two feeling like they're trying to oppress my creative freedom. (laughs) And just looking at you two, like, what are you talking about? Like, are you serious? Don't you think people will just get it? And I just have this moment where you two were staring at me like, is this like your faces were like, is this happening? And I just thought this is a me issue. I have to change. I have to change. And it was also a moment for me where I was like, not everybody thinks like me. Not everybody thinks like me. And I have to stop this. And in in the end, I have grown to love systems and frameworks. And for somebody that has a very, you know, more creative mind, 
I was so resistant to them in the beginning. And now I find them so comforting. It's just been this crazy shift for me. And I see how our team and company has thrived because of them. What do you think, Annie? I don't, I think I blacked out a lot of (laughs) that whole year. (laughs) They were kind of rough. I don't remember any one specific conversation or experience, but I can tell you that in, in the time working with Catherine, I started to, this sounds creepy, Catherine, but I mean this with nothing but love and admiration, um, started to internalize your voice and perspective. And so when Jen would come to me with ideas and still does or suggestions or changes or anyone on the team for that matter, I, I am now seeing that opportunity from a completely different perspective. So it's like, what I'm, I'm asking like Catherine type questions. What problem are we trying to solve? Okay. Like, what does this look like? Start to finish. What are the impacts today, tomorrow, next week, 10 years from now? Like, is this really in alignment with our values and our mission? You know, instead of just, okay, Jen says it's a great idea. And Jen's generally had great ideas. So this (laughs) sounds great. (laughs) So I can definitely see to me, what's felt like like growth and maturity in how I show up in our business. And I've seen it in Jen in a way that's relevant to her and her position. And I've definitely, as Jen said, seen that trickle down into our team as well. Asking those questions. And really it's all about asking the different kinds of questions that maybe you were before. And when you do that, I'm curious, like from my perspective, I can share briefly, but I'm curious what you think about the results when you're asking those different questions, because I think it's not the question of how do we accomplish this as fast as possible? How do we cram this in? And, you know, Jen has this brilliant idea and we need to do it tomorrow. It turns into how do we get this accomplished over the course of the long term in a way that is more sustainable? And so I'm just curious if there's anything that comes up for you around how asking different questions actually changed the way that the business ran day to day or how that felt for you and the team? I can think of, if I sat here long enough, I could probably think of a lot of ideas that either Jen or I have had that we have ultimately vetoed because we've seen, for example, when we want to implement something last minute, what that does to our team and the whiplash that it creates and how that impacts their work experience and increases stress and just quality of work seems to decrease rapidly when we're working on tight deadlines. And it's like, this is not the kind of environment we want to have. So it's now it's like, okay, we're not going to do that now, maybe later, let's table it. But it's, we've come to so many conclusions where it's like, that's a great idea and we can't do it right now. And some not so great ideas. Like we've learned, we have different, (laughs) we have a different filter for ideas now. And I think I also started to see, you know, like the harm it causes me 
specifically sharing my all my ideas with the whole team and just the nature of you know my position in the company and the team i even see it today that i have to be very careful with what i share with the team as far as hey i have this idea and then i'll then team members will show up in the slack there and be like should i do that right now should i and i'm like oh yeah this is why i take my ideas to annie first and we don't share it with the team until we're ready to implement on it and, you know, I have ideas constantly and it's, it's like the blessing and the curse of being a visionary. Not all of them are good ideas. I think, I don't know if I read this. I don't know if Catherine told me this, if Annie did, it's like one of every 10 ideas that comes out of a visionary will actually be like a viable good idea. But I was at a movie last weekend. <laughs> I texted Annie in the middle of the movie because I had this idea and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I I wasn't even paying attention to the movie anymore. And I was like, vending machines, we need vending machines. (laughs) I just felt it was our future at that moment. But then by Monday, I was like, oh, that was strange. Fast forward to Monday, we have a level 10 meeting, which is one of the experiences we did not have pre-Catherine PC. or PK, that Jen's verbalizing this vending machine idea. And I could just see it on her face as it's coming out of her mouth that she's like, look, they're not all great ideas. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even have to tell her like, no, I don't think this is it. Oh, that's funny. Yes. So those things happen too. And so we've learned to manage, I guess, that visionary energy because it's, it's understanding that that's exhausting for our team. And it's harmful to our team and our culture. And that has to be managed. I think another way that you've really influenced and you kind of touched on this is um, I think Jen and I have both really let go of our egos. um, And we see each other as like the yin and the yang that like we are, we are both needed, even though, you know, in traditional business structures, maybe the CEO is above the COO or whatnot that like, I can't do this without Jen. Jen can't do this without me. And ultimately we're both here to do what's best for the business, regardless of whose ideas moved forward or advanced. And it's less about, as Brene Brown says, being right and and more about an effort to get, to get it right. Yeah. So with that said, and with what Jen mentioned about filters, what are some of those filters that you're using to make decisions by like When you have an idea, how do you know it's the right one? Well, we look at our quarterly plans, which we do way in advance now, not the day before. So our ideating comes before the year begins now. And we plan out company rocks for each quarter and how those trickle down into department rocks. And so if an idea comes up that is outside of those rocks, it's, it's a no, or I'm not sure if Annie even agrees with me on this, but like, it would have to be a very good idea. And there'd have to be a very good reason why we implement on that one instead of, you know, we don't have like hard rules around that. It it could be flexible, but there would have to be a very good reason why we would divert the department and company's attention towards that new thing. Just the the importance of planning has been revolutionary. 
And so let's say you're sitting down to do that planning and you have all of the ideas and, and all of the projects, even that Annie, that you want to do as well. I think that a few of the categories that come to mind that I know that we spent time working on together were like filters of things like, is this a scalable idea? Is this going to be profitable? Is this going to be sustainable? And there are several projects I can remember where we had to ask those questions. Things like, you know, you have some some items that you like to print and mail out. And we had to really sit down and look at the profitability of that and how we can price those things. So those are a few things that come to mind. Anything that you'd add when I toss those three kind of categories out? I think teamwork capacity is definitely a filter as well, which, you know, our team has expanded quite a bit in the last couple of years and just being really mindful that when you, when you initiate an idea in one department, how is that going to trickle over into other departments and what does that do to the resources available, like from, you know, support, budget, like the hands required to see it to completion. Jen and I, again, have been guilty of rolling out ideas and not realizing or not really thinking far enough ahead to think like, this is going to need a lot of people's hands on it. And are they available? Are they interested? Do they have the time to do that? Yeah, I actually remember. Do you remember when I came to you two with like that? I think we needed to launch a nonprofit part of our business like tomorrow. And I'd already talked to a few people about it. And you two were like, hey, (laughs) very gently, this is a great idea, Jen. Have you considered, you know, team capacity? Like, how would we actually do this? And I remember Catherine saying, this is, this is a good idea. And if it's something you're passionate about and it's aligned with the company values, but it is not going to be, you love it, but it's not going to be sustainable unless you are at, and you were saying it's not necessarily a time thing. We don't have to shelve it for seven years. It's more, you need to figure out what the resources are going to be that you need on it. You know, you basically were telling me I needed a business plan for this nonprofit. And when could that realistically fit into the company? And that was just another, you know, moment for me when I thought, wow, okay, like she's right. And it sounds good to launch a nonprofit as, you know, essentially a department of your business, an arm of your business, but you're actually harming people in that if that nonprofit isn't set up well, if it's not going to be sustainable, if we don't have the consistent revenue that's able to feed that nonprofit. And it just, it's just all these epiphanies for me around, like I would say the sustain, like, is this sustainable? Is the number one question that I ask myself. And is this scalable? Is another question I ask myself constantly. Like, could we still be doing this? Does this make sense at this level and this level and this level? Does it still make sense? And how is that different than what you've seen in the industry overall? Because I don't think that everyone is asking questions or approaching things in that same way. I have personally, I'll let Annie speak for herself, but I have personally come to see the business coaching industry in the same light that Annie and I speak about the diet industry. And 
you know, a lot of our company messaging is around that. It is, you know, which is like, there was obviously an enormous cognitive disconnect for me from what we do with health and wellness to business. But, you know, in the diet industry, we have, you know, all these quick fixes and, you know, women just chasing their tails and, you know, often what can feel like burning down their emotional and physical health, trying to, you know, improve their nutrition, lose weight, whatever their goals are. And none of it ever lasts. It's, it's not sustainable and it doesn't work in the real world. And so, you know, that's our message. And we coach women and help them find what's sustainable with our framework our flexible framework. (laughs) And so I have come to see the business coaching industry in that same light. There are so many business coaches, business coaching companies out there taking an advantage of what I think is like co-founder, co-founder vulnerabilities. And they are taking photos in front of Lamborghinis and talking about scaling your business to a million dollars in three months. And And, you know, you feel so vulnerable as an entrepreneur. Most entrepreneurs I meet, they're not even money hungry necessarily. They're so tired. They're so burnt out. They just want consistent revenue. They want to feel safe, right? Like most of the entrepreneurs I meet, their primary goal is not to just make a whole bunch of money and then retire. They're so passionate about what they do and they just, they want to impact more people and they want it to be sustainable. And so I think they're very drawn to these messages, as as was I in earlier days. And you're just being sold a very, very expensive system that may not work for your business, may not be aligned with your company values or where you see your company in the future, and um, it doesn't work. And you're out. How much money? And so I guess what I see our experience with you as is what I hope our members see us as, you know, you focused on not just chasing those quick wins, like to challenge us to really think about what's sustainable and to understand there is where we want to be in the future and what's the road to get there. And it might be a little bit longer. It might take you longer than three months to scale to a million dollars but once you're there, then the next year is, you know, a million and a half, and then it's 4 million and, or maybe you just stay there, but it's sustainable. It's not a million dollars in three months and then it all goes away. You know what I mean? And you don't know how to sustain it. And you're like, what the heck's going on? That was my experience. What about you, Annie? I think the thing I really appreciated about working with you, Catherine, was um, we had, as Jen mentioned, worked with other people in the past and used their system and their system worked for some people for whatever reason, we felt a lot of like, this just isn't clicking for us in the way that we were led to believe it could. And ultimately I think part of the reason it wasn't clicking is because it didn't feel authentic to us. Like the system just felt like wearing an uncomfortable suit And it was like, I can put this on and I can wear it, but like, I don't like it. (laughs) And uh, you gave us permission to have a more flexible, like, hey, these are some best practices. Here's what seemed to be working well. Here's what 
isn't working well or what you would like to change about this experience and allowed us to kind of go rogue and, and come up with what works best for us. And then we're able to show up in front of our team and our members and feel really confident and comfortable. And explain how, you know, when we're making changes, um, this is how this is aligned with our vision and values. And this is why we're doing it. And then everybody's on board. Um, the other thing I want to say about the business coaching world is there is so much gaslighting going on in that world by coaches when their coaching doesn't work for the business. The coaches are telling these individuals it's their fault. There's something wrong with them. They have mindset issues. They and and I just I so resent that. I so resent that. And the same thing goes on in the diet industry when certain eating protocols aren't working for people. Well, there's something wrong with you if you couldn't stick to this. And it's just, I just look at it in a whole new light. And honestly, before we worked with you, I was feeling like, like I'm done with business coaches. I'm done with them. And so, but now I'm not done with them, (laughs) but my standards are times 1 million, like, you know, now I'm very clear on what is good coaching and what is not good coaching. Could you describe a little bit of that difference? I think it is coaching that centers your, first of all, your wellness as an entrepreneur. Like, you know, I'm, I'm serious here when I, like there are entrepreneurs that like their physical and emotional health is not good. There it's, it's, they're so passionate about their business, but it's also destroying them. And so wellness, number one, because if the co-founders or co-founders aren't well, the business is not going to be well. It's not just hustle, 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 burn yourself into the ground. Annie and I both have three kids. Like we don't have these luxuries of working 16 hours a day, six, seven days a week. We have lives and, and responsibilities that we have to tend to. And want to tend to, I should say, that we have other priorities in our life. What else? Annie, you you chime in here. I think the biggest difference is our past experiences have felt like a lot of telling, like telling us what to do versus as a coaching company, I feel like we can recognize good coaching. <laughs> and with you, Catherine, it was guiding, some leading, some telling, yes, but also directing, guiding, even following. I'm sure there were times when we had maybe suggestions or ideas that you're like, I don't think that's the move, but <laughs> but they're in charge here. Uh, it's got to feel good to them. And it, it wasn't just like, here, do this. And, and that I think is the biggest difference. And also, which, as I said earlier, allowed me to really like internalize the whole experience so we could continue applying those, that process, even after we're done working with you. Yeah. I think that's a great way to frame it because that's certainly my goal. I don't want to create reliance or dependence on access to a single person. I want to really teach you how to do this for yourself. And which actually makes me think of another story. Annie and I were just talking about this, how, um, you broke up with us. <laughs> so, and I told Annie, like, that was the moment where I was like, this woman has integrity. But we met for one of our meetings and you said, hey, I've been thinking, you know, 
our last few meetings, you two have had the solutions and I think you two are ready to go on your own. And we were like, what? (laughs) And I thought, you know, that's also a sign of a really good coach. So thank you, Catherine. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. That's the goal to get you to that point. So I'm glad that you shared that. For some people, it's the goal for some people. <laughs> there's there's a fair amount of people in the coaching world, both wellness and business, that would rather have you pay indefinitely and not actually teach you the skills. But that wasn't the case with you. And we certainly hope that's not the case with our members. Well, you're right. It's my goal for sure. So let's go here just to wrap things up. Where are you now? as far as what you're focused on, what's different versus maybe when you came to me, because feels like very different types of thinking and conversations. And we talked about kind of what you were thinking about before, but what's on your mind now? What do you need to focus on to keep going and to move forward? So like very high level revenue wise, um, here's the other things. I had major money mindset issues before you came on Catherine in that you know, I just had like a lot of like, am I being greedy for wanting to make more money? And you helped me see that like revenue is the queen here. Like nothing exists here unless you have sustainable revenue and revenue equals impact doesn't mean anything. So we worked with you to go, you know, six to seven figures. That was the goal. I think we were at 400,000 when we started working with you and I, And this past year, 2021, we did, we were very close to a million. We were, we were just shy of a million dollars. So, you know, I think Annie and I, like we cracked the code, we cracked the code of seven figures. And what I'm thinking about, I'm sure Annie's thinking about very different things. (laughs) I'm thinking about, okay, now we need to become a, a $10 million company. What does that look like? What needs to change? So that's one thing I think about. What about you, Annie? This is this is so like a perfect example. Jen's Jen's on this summit of the ten million dollar mountain, and I am still on the summit of the one million dollar mountain. Being like, okay, guys, we got to get everything in order. <laughs> got to make sure we have our packing list. We have all of our supplies. Um, which I guess day to day right now, I'm really focused on team, making sure we have all the people that we need to get to that $10 million summit in the right spots, the right people in the right spots, making sure that we have all the systems and the processes. If they don't exist, that we're building them or they're at least on our radar to build and that we're also optimizing the ones that we currently have to make sure that we're, when we, when we are ready to like push the button to scale this, that like we can have that domino chain just effortlessly set off. Going to be a lot of what you focus on from here on out, because at every step that Jen has that bigger vision, you've got to create the systems and the processes and the team to execute at that level. And so you're going to go through this process over and over. It's definitely going to be iterative and you'll keep building on it. All right. Well, thank you too for joining me. I would love for you to share where everyone can find out more about Balance 365 and the work that you do. What's the best place for them to check out? the company balance365life.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at balance365life. If you resonate with the way that, 
you know, if you're here and you're listening to me week after week on the podcast and you resonate with the way that I do business and health is important to you, then you're going to resonate with the way that they do business as well. And the way that they teach you to sustainably lose weight and to create the life that you want. So definitely go follow them, check them out, follow them in general, just to see their business journey as well. All right. Thank you so much, Catherine. We would not be here without you. We are, we're so grateful. We'd be at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not, but you're welcome. If you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I'll give you free access to my CEO scorecard. This is the same tool I use with my multiple six and seven-figure clients to help them up-level their role as CEO and achieve massive results. This resource is typically available exclusively to clients in my coaching program, The Elevate Effect. If you're ready to learn how to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business, head over to katherinebinkley.com forward slash The Elevate Effect and join us to reach your next level of success.